We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. So you may have started noticing that there's some strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not actually beer. It's mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called liquid death. Why is this water called liquid death? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They'll also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. See, what you may not know is that most plastic isn't actually recyclable anymore, and the plastic you throw in a recycling bin actually just gets sent to a landfill because it's not profitable to recycle. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities. So go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with our store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday, P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack a Day podcast, the Thursday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. I am one half of your crew, Jason Perone. You can also find me over at Game On Wisconsin. I do the Quick Slants podcast every Monday. With me, as always, of Packer Report is Mark Eckel. Mark, it's Thursday. By the time we do our show, we have the advantage of having had three, three and a half days to come down off of a victory or a loss. So I'm assuming you're in Thursday mode. Yeah, but I'm still not. I don't know. You asked me this last week, was I over the Giants loss? And I said, yeah, I was. I don't know if I'm over this one yet. It was bad. It's, it was- I, I, like I said to you when, when we were getting ready for the show, in my mind, this is the worst game they've played in the Matt LaFleur era. I know they got blown out by the 49ers. Um, Tampa beat them pretty good. They had that awful opener against the Saints last year. But the openers I throw out because they're openers and it's preseason. You know, they didn't they don't play in preseason anymore. You know, um, San Francisco, pretty good team. And, then, and I, I'll, again, talk to me in 10 weeks or so, and maybe I'll say, hey, the Jets are really good too, but – I don't. I don't. Th- I think the Jets are much improved. I give their coaching staff a lot of credit. They had they had an outstanding draft. They had the best draft. Up. I said that after that after that after this past draft that I thought the Jets had had a draft for the ages. I thought that this draft is going to turn the Jets into a good team eventually. I didn't think it would happen this soon, but you saw it. I mean, Sauce Gardner is a star. He's going to be defensive rookie of the year. I I told you that the day the draft. Hall's Brees Hall's pretty good running back. Wilson's a good receiver. Alexander did a great job on him, but he's a good receiver. The one kid didn't play, um, the defensive end. Uh, well, I can't think of his name. Jermaine Johnson, but he's a good player. They, I mean, they just had a, they had a they had a wonderful draft, and they had actually two in a row that had been pretty good. So the Jets are getting better, but there's still no excuse for them to come into Lambeau Field and beat the Packers 
by 17 points. There's just no, no, no excuse. Yeah, we had another special teams meltdown. We'll talk about Two, yeah. a couple. Yeah, actually, yeah, they once again, it's another. I mean, have they had a field goal and a punt blocked in two games? The playoff game was the last time that happened, right? Where they've because they've had yeah. kicks blocked, but not both in one game. Well, I read a thing where that's the first time that's ever happened in a regular season to anybody in like whatever many years, and I'm like, happens to the Packers every seven games or so. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, once again, it reared its ugly head. So we'll talk and about it, special it just, teams. But it just as, it was getting better, you know. Yeah, it was. Well, we'll we'll talk about special teams as an extension of the defense as we we get into that, but. As you said, and I said, as we were kind of talking beforehand, we realized that we didn't do weather last week, and so... I think we jinxed them. We might have jinxed it, right? So <laughs> we will definitely start with weather. We're going to end on the East Coast where the game will be played this weekend. The Packers head to Washington to take on the Commanders. So we'll end with Myrtle Beach, uh, Mark, and Washington last. So let's okay. start in Green Bay, where it is 51 degrees uh, for a high, partly sunny, and 34 degrees for the low. I think that's pretty normal yeah it doesn't think, seem right? that doesn't seem too outlandish this time of year and then our friend isaac hanks in hampshire illinois is back he was he had a vacation in florida i'm sure he's missing being in florida it's a little chillier in in hampshire so temperatures hovering in the low 30s but they'll be back up to the mid 70s by the by the weekend and then he says this marks their indian summer which is defined i always love his definition because he's a meteorologist so we all know the term indian summer it's defined by the first day of 70 degrees following the first frost so they're they're getting that over there okay. and then moving over moving over west uh, we're already to me in the Phoenix area where it is 88 degrees and sunny, 61 for the low. It's this time of year we're starting to get a little bit of relief at night. The air conditioning doesn't have to run as much during the day, which is nice. One of my ACs went out this past week, and thank God it happened this week and not two weeks from now because two weeks from now the ACs pretty much go away. And oh, okay. you wouldn't even know that you had a problem until next spring when you go to turn it on. <laughs> so I guess, well, yeah, right. it's a very expensive ticket, but I'm glad I got it taken care of now instead of instead of then. And then our friend Harry over in Kamloops, Canada. Thursday will likely be the last warm day of the year. High of 61, low of 45. Showers in the forecast. He said his house is getting sunshine from 8.30 to 2.30. He'll only have about four or five more weeks of direct sun. And then we're back in that whole, like, he doesn't get sunlight directly on his property. Crazy. Wow. Absolutely crazy. It's crazy to think about. I just, I, I love some of these stories about where everybody, where everybody lives. And then... Now we swing around to Europe, and our friend Robin over in Oslo, Norway, something <laughs> something sunnier than the last two Packers came. He said, uh, today was 8 Celsius, which is 46 Fahrenheit, nothing but blue skies. A great day for hiking from Robin. And then our friend in Germany, Felix, says that uh, another weather report from Offenburg, southwest Germany. Uh, typical mid uh, mid October conditions, cloudy, very foggy, up to sixty nine degrees Fahrenheit, but most of the time they're closer to the low of fifty one degrees. So, not too bad. Yeah, that's not too bad. And then that brings us stateside. So we'll do you, and then we'll do where the Packers are playing in DC. So how are things looking at the beach, Myrtle Beach? Getting a little cool. It's going to warm up again by the weekend, but um, Wednesday was. It's funny, I woke up this morning, and my wife says to me, it's cold out. And I said, what do you mean, cold? how cold? She says, I don't know, I took the dog out, and it was cold. So I looked on, we had the thing, with, you know, it was 41 this morning, which for here is cold. <laughs> 41 is, that's cold. Yeah. Uh, it got to 60, but that's where it stopped today. 60 was the high. And Thursday, supposed to be about a little warmer, maybe like 62, 63. Um, then at night it's going to be you know back down again. But then by, by Friday it's going to be back in the seventies and be nice again. But this is a little bit of a for here a little bit of a cold spell. A little bit of a chill, chill. Yeah, jeez, that's a little chilly there too. Yeah, we forty one's cold for here. Yeah, we 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 get that, but that's more of like December, January in the Phoenix area. If, yeah, it goes that low. Okay. That's that's like the that's like the low of the low in in Phoenix. Right. So I wish hopefully we do a show at that late in the year where I can actually ex- yeah, explain right. what that weather is. That would be well, a we good will. thing. We do shows all we we we, we do them. We're we, we're three sixty five. That's true. I forget about that. <laughs> sometimes I sometimes I wish we didn't. But 
All right, and then in Washington, D.C., where the Packers will play their game, I guess the Thursday weather is 61 degrees. The game day weather is, is a chance of showers, 30%, 64 mm-hmm. degrees in the D.C. area. That's not bad for this time of year in D.C. Yeah, no, it's not bad. That's not bad at all. So at least Weather's the weather at least the, at least the weather's looking up a little bit. So as we turn our conversation to the Packers, I guess we'll sprinkle in a little bit of Jets talk, a little bit of Commanders talk. And I don't know if you, you want to even address, since you spent so much time in Philadelphia, all this nonsense and craziness that's going on with the, with the owner of the commanders. Um, but but on the, the injury report, real quickly here, no surprises from Wednesday's injury report. We don't have Thursdays yet because we're recording on, late on Wednesday. But no surprise, David Bakhtiari limited. Uh, Randall Cobb was uh, did not practice, has not been placed on injured reserve. Rashawn Gary... Full practice despite his toe injury. Jake Hansen had the biceps. He didn't practice. Elton Jenkins was limited with his knee. Aaron Rodgers didn't practice right thumb. You assume that's planned. And then Christian Watson, hamstring, did not practice on Wednesday. So don't know if the Packers are planning on making any moves or not making any moves. They they picked up a, a tackle earlier in the week to fortify their depth chart, which would seem to, which would lead us to believe that I think Jake Hansen's probably going to miss a significant amount of time or maybe even go on an injured reserve. I, yeah, I got to think so, right? Was it a bicep tear? It, it must not be a full tear. They well, maybe it is. I don't know. But you got to think they're not going to keep 11 offensive linemen active again, right? That's just... Yeah. I don't think Doesn't so. Doesn't make sense. Well, they've got a lot. Well, there's there's a lot of needs on this team. The offensive line is, is definitely one of those areas that needs... Needs a definite shot in the booty, but uh, we, yeah, all you got to do is put the right people out there, and they'll be okay. Yeah, and I wish that's one of the reasons why we were talking beforehand. I it's, we almost wish we were the offense because there's so much to talk about uh, yeah. versus the versus the defense on the Washington side. Most of the players that are on the injury report are are backups. Uh, Logan Thomas was listed, but he doesn't have a, a practice designation from Wednesday, as well as Jahan Dotson. No practice designation from Wednesday. Everybody else is a backup. And uh, well, except for job. except for Carson Wentz, but Carson Wentz is not playing. It's going to be Taylor Heineke who's going to take who's going to get the start. And the Packers are familiar with him. They faced him last year at Lambeau when Washington came to town. One note of interest on defense: Preston Smith missed his first regular season game of his entire career. Unfortunately, it was against his old team last year. Well, he will be, as far as we know, active on Sunday. He'll get a chance to play against them in Washington. Yes, he will. And they're gonna and, they're gonna need him because this is one of those games where the defense can get very right and very healthy against a a very porous Washington offensive line. Right. Let me just add one other note about practice. Uh, Sammy Watkins, who's on injury reserve, his window opened this where week. he's allowed to practice, and he did today. So I'm not saying I don't know if they're going to act. The Packers usually give a guy a week, like Hill practice. Kylan Hill practiced the last week, but was not activated. So. I'm hoping Hill maybe gets activated this week. Maybe that's the move. That if Hanson goes on IR, they bring up Hill. So, but Watkins out there, maybe who knows? I guess we'll see how he looks in practice, and if he's how healthy he is, they could certainly use him. No, definitely. There's there's a lot of a lot of things that this team could use, and I talked. I I I got on Twitter this week and talked about whether or not they do or don't add a piece. Again, I know we're not an offensive we're not an offensive show. But wide receivers seem to be one of the popular positions everybody thought the Packers could benefit from. And, of course, I mean, if it's the right receiver, why why wouldn't you, even if the team didn't lose on Sunday? But one of the names that was kicked around, a popular name that had been thrown around and I wasn't a huge fan of, but was Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson signed with the Cardinals, so he's, he's taken care of. And Deshaun Jackson went to the Ravens. So those are two names that were kind of tossed around and, and they've got teams now. And that other receiver that everybody keeps mentioning and that they love to mention, I'm, you are going to have a hard time convincing me that he's not going back to the Rams. So I, I just, Odell. yeah, OBJ. I, I mean, he I, can't I, play it anyway. He's not healthy. He's, he's not, not healthy, but I don't, I, even if he is, I don't, I don't think he wants to come to Green Bay. Of course, right now he wants somebody to sign him. So everything right. he's doing on social media with the eyeballs and all that kind of stuff is, you know, he also wants, you know, the more teams, if, if let's put it this way, if everybody thinks he's going to the Rams and aren't even going to bother talking to him, well, then the Rams will get him for whatever the Rams want to get him for. Right. If the Rams think 
oh, I might go to Green Bay or I might go to, to you know, Tampa Bay or I might go to wherever. Well, now the Rams got to pony up a little more, right? Because he's, you know, that's, that's how things work. I mean, um, but there was a report, I'm not sure where it came from, that the Packers are going to be actively looking to trade for a wide receiver. And the names, the, the, the one name being mentioned a lot is um, Claypool from, from Pittsburgh. He's kind of on the outs there because they have, the guy the Packers should have is George Pickens. So he's kind of getting more and more reps and Claypool's kind of being eased, you know, he's out here a little bit. Another one is DJ Moore from uh, Carolina because Carolina's looking at, well, looking to trade anybody and everybody. It seems like, mm-hmm. so we'll see. I got, like you said, we're 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 not here to talk wide receiver. We're here to talk about the defense, which you know, nobody played well against the Jets. That was just like I said, one of the worst losses in a long time. But and again, I don't want to be the, be an apologist, but the defense. I mean, they only they really only allowed fourteen points. The the team allowed twenty seven. Seven came on the on the blocked punt. So that that, that defense had nothing to do with that. Three came after A.J. Dillon fumbled at the 30 and put, and put him in. They held him to a field goal after Dillon's fumble. So that's 10. And then the other three came late in the game, right, when the Packers went for it on fourth and whatever on their, in their own territory because they had to. So really, you know, the offense and special teams handed him 13 points. So, I mean, if you hold a team to 14 points, you're, you should you probably win the game. Now, again, I'm not – the defense had, their, had some bad moments. So for – Two and a half quarters, the defense played lights out, in, in my mind. Once I mean, again. But then the last quarter and a half, I think they were on the field. Well, part of it, I think they were on the field too much. I mean, the offense did nothing to help them. And I think, and I also think that defense at that point knew they had to – I think they, they started trying to – they pressed. I think they were trying to make a big play instead of just making the play. You know, instead of just tackling the guy, they're trying to tackle, the, you know, strip the ball. And they're trying to, you know, jump play. They're just, you know, it, it's, I don't know. But I, I liked I liked the changes the defense made last week. I wrote a story last week saying what I thought they should do, and they almost did all did all of it. They blitzed a little bit. They never, they had, you know, Barry hadn't blitzed much at all. Well, he blitzed a little bit. He had Amos coming a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, let, he let Jair cover the best receiver, or who he thought was the best receiver, um, the kid Garrett Wilson, and he basically shut him down. He did Wilson well. had one catch for eight yards, and it came on third and ten. It was like the night. Wilson was not a factor at all in that game. Alexander took him out. I'm hoping he does the same thing this week and puts Alexander on on scary Terry McLaren, mm-hmm. who's Washington's best receiver. Right, and he, that he you know it works the same way, and he takes him out of the game. Yeah, they've got. I mean, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson are the other two wide receivers, and then they're good. They're they're not bad. Yeah, they're they're not Antonio Gibson's. Uh, well, he's a running back. Actually, he's not a wide right. receiver. Uh, but but uh, and then the receiver Dax Milne is their uh, kick returner, their punt returner. So they've got you know they've got they've got some players. But listen, but McLaren's their guy. He McLaren, has, he has yeah, he's two catches for three hundred sixty-seven yards. He's the clear number one, and, and he's averaging you know sixteen yards a carry. Samuel well, Samuel's a pure possession. Rosal Douglas should be able to take care of Curtis Samuel. He, he's a he, he only averages eight point four yards a catch. He's a he's a possession guy. Well. Listen, um, I, I want Joe Barry, you know, that you, you pointed out something to kind of calm everybody down because everybody's just very alarmist. This fan base gets very alarmist after a loss. Yeah. And we have to remember this team is still three and three. They're not one and one and four, uh, one and five. So it's it's a different story. Now, if they don't win this weekend against Washington, then it's they're They're going to be a very ugly three and four. And we're going to be oh, having yeah. a very different conversation next week about the future and kind of the air of how we talk about this team. But as, as as far as this week, I guess to your point, you're saying Russell Douglas should be, I agree with you, but let's not, Joe Barry, please don't overthink it. Just Match stick up. with what works. Stick with what right. works, okay? Just if, if you know. And if, Stokes on Dotson. Stokes and Dotson, that's a perfect matchup for Jair, Stokes. Yeah, Jair wants to, to man up, that's fine. Now, we had a very, you and I had a very spirited conversation earlier on Wednesday about the defense. And I don't think this is a singular culprit, but when Quay Walker was drafted back Mm -hmm. in the, in the first round, the part of the eyebrows that were raised is the fact that it's, it's a position that's not seen by very many people as, 
as premium. It's an off-ball linebacker, although Quay well, Walker has the— It certainly wasn't. Right, and and he was not either yours or my first choice uh, it, as far as, as first-round picks and what they we wanted the Packers to do and even realistically, but— you kind of also look at it and you give the benefit of the doubt and say, well, maybe they have some plans with using his athleticism in different ways and he's going to rush the passer and he's going to make this, you know, keep the keep the defense from having to bring in their their nickel or, or bring in their, you know, bring in another defensive back instead of having him on the field. And he has shown some very good athleticism. We, you know, let's not forget the nice play he made on Justin Fields, a very quick, fast Justin Fields. And then the Packers hold on fourth down and they keep the Bears off the scoreboard. He's also been out of position a lot. And because that's happened, and that's very common for rookies, and that's not something that I didn't know and that, and that I'm unaware of. I completely expected that. I've said many times, this year's Packers team is going, and with fans, we're going to have to be patient because they're going to have to go through some growing pains because there's a lot of young players at positions that they haven't had to rely on as heavily before, especially if you look at receiver, for example. I mean, you've got Christian Watson who can't even get on the field, so I can't imagine how how far behind he is in coming along. But even Romeo Dobbs. Don't, get, don't even get me started on No, I, and I know. And Dobbs, who's been a great, great, great. So young players need time to to come along, and Quay Walker is is one of those. But now this goes back, and, and you know, maybe I'm being a little, um, you know, I don't know what the word is, vulture-ish by, or revisionist by saying, well, look, this is why you don't draft off-ball linebackers. But you look at Devondre Campbell, right? And and we kind of argued about his stats, and he's missing tackles. And, and listen, yeah. missed tackles is a – that's a – that's a, a mechanical thing. That's a fundamental thing, right? Tack, tack, making tackles, right? And he's already missed more tackles than he did all of last year. And we're only six games into this season. So that's obviously not great. But it would seem to me also that there's something to watch for me is if Campbell is having to either make up for, mentor, babysit, whatever words you want to use, uh, Quay Walker, how much of an impact, if any, might that be having on his play? I don't know the answer. I'm asking it kind of almost rhetorically. I, I mean, I know you, you you mentioned that to me. I uh, I've seen guys mentor my whole career covering the Eagles. I mean, Troy Vincent mentored Leto Shepard and Sheldon Brown. You know, I'm trying to think of other Seth Joyner mentored William Thomas. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just it's, it's a natural thing when you know the veteran, established player mentors the young. A rookie that comes in. I mean, that's just, it, it shouldn't affect, it didn't affect Troy Vincent. It didn't affect, you know, Seth Joyner or Brian Dawkins or any of those guys on the Eagles. And that's all I can speak of because that's the team I was, I covered. And I, and I saw it happening. And it, it's what good veterans do. They, they take the rookie under the wing and show them things. Now, I'll say this. I don't, I mean, Quake Walk, he's, he's, he's the big guy now. People are, are, are getting on it. He's made some mistakes. But rookie linebacker, and they're putting a lot on him. They're asking him to do a lot of different things. Because He's a starter. Said, yeah, he has that athletic ability to do a lot of things. He's only missed one tackle this year. That's pretty good in six games. If if, if you only miss one tackle in six games, that's not bad. That um, that now that can't be ignored. You also can't miss tackles that you're not there to make that you well, should be. True. He has been out of position at times, but again, I put that more on coaching. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he should be where he is, but. That's something that can be fixed easily. You know, you tell them, you know, you take them out the next play and say, listen, Quay, this is what you got to do. You were you were supposed to do this and you read it wrong and you did that. I mean, and if you still can't pick it up, then you maybe you drafted a guy with a low Wonderlick score. I don't know. I don't think he was. I think he's, you know, I, again, I, I don't think Quay Walker is the is is the problem here. No, um, no, he's just one. I mean, there's 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 now a again, couple. And I, he, like, like, I, I didn't want I there was he wasn't even the linebacker I wanted. I wanted Devin Lloyd. I loved Devin Lloyd out of last year's draft, and he's actually playing pretty well in Jacksonville. Yeah, he's doing really well. You're going to give some odds to because his name has been thrown out a bunch in comparison. Well, I mean, the draft happens when he, he lasted as long as he did. Well, the draft happens when it happens, and I'll bet you there's some teams that wish they had Romeo Dobbs too. So there's sure, there's exactly Dobbs should not have gone in the fourth round. The Packers give them credit for good scouting and good fortune that they were able to get him in the fourth round. But you know that's. I mean, if he ends up maxing out, he could end up he could end up being like a, another Greg Jennings, and that was Greg Jennings was very productive in his prime for the Packers. Oh yeah, 
He's if he's Greg Jennings, that's that's great. He was a very good receiver. So I know. if he can be James Jones, that that would be great. Well, and then you take another take another stab at it next year. Use another premium pick and and pick a big school receiver, please, and and bring in another one. I mean, I, I they I they probably but they had because the they have Watson. That was, yeah, that's they, my problem. Well, and we're getting away from the defense again, but I know they had the chance this year to to to, to get a wide receiver. They could have traded for one. They could have moved up and gotten one. So if they we had stay, all the ammunition. They could have, right? Well, and I, I. I mean, let me ask you this: Would you rather have Devontae Wyatt and Christian Watson? Let me say, all right. If, if this trade proposal came up, it would. It, it wouldn't. But would you trade Devontae Wyatt and Christian Watson for AJ Brown and a second round pick? I, I would trade them for AJ Brown straight up. Exactly, but that's what you could have done. <laughs> the Eagles gave up a first and a third for AJ Brown. Now, granted, the Eagles were picking a little bit higher. Than the Packers, so I'm saying the Packers would have had to give up a first and a second instead of a first and a third. Tennessee would have gladly taken a first and a second, so that means you wouldn't have gotten Devontae Wyatt, and you wouldn't have gotten Christian Watson. But you would, but you spent two seconds on Watson, so you would have still had to get your other second. So you still could have got Walker in the first, and you had that, and then you, in the second, you, now you got AJ Brown, so you don't need to take a wide receiver in the second, or maybe you do. Maybe you take, I don't know, was Pierce still there? I don't, or you take whatever you want it in the second. You take the defensive lineman if you want, because now you, you didn't get wide. There had to be a Or the tight end that you wish you had gotten. What's that? Or the or the tight end that you wish you had gotten. Well, he went to Arizona in a second. I think he would have been gone by the time the Packers picked in a second. I'm, I'm not sure. But anyway, I I think, you like you just said, you would have taken A.J. Brown for those two guys. I'm, I'm giving you A.J. Brown and a second-round pick back. Right. But again, let's, we're supposed to talk about the defense. The well, what defense I was going to say about defense. Well, I was, what I was going to say about the about the defense then is the Packers got pushed around on Sunday, and yeah. and, and give the Jets not early. Give the Jets. We'll give the Jets some credit, uh, but as far as as the front goes, how did you feel about about that? Because this wasn't a game where, and I know Kenny Clark. A lot of the work that he does is dirty work. He doesn't always show up on the stat sheet. But how did how did it seem? I mean, Dean Lowry bats down a pass. Mm-hmm. They did the have. You know they they did get they did get to well you know Wilson ran into a sack that was so funny when he ran into that sack by Rashawn Gary Rashawn Gary almost looked so surprised he was there he's like oh goodbye well, that was Just, uh, was that Reed or Smith that forced that I forget I can't I, I don't remember I think it was Reed but, but it, it, was, it, was, it was it was it was it was very nice but the Packers front I mean that the the rotation at, at Pass Russia and Ikbari got his first sack too. Let's talk about that. I mean, yeah. he's speaking of young players. He, I, he. Listen, I don't think he's going to be. He's he's obviously not going to be a big contributor this year unless something really turns on in the back half of the season. But I think we'll be pleasantly surprised with him by the end, and that's that's going to be really helpful because Tipa is hurt long term. And now you've got Jonathan Garvin and and, and Ikbari. Those are your primary backups to. Gary and Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith, just as you've said many times, they they just have to stay healthy. If they stay healthy, the Packers have a shot. If they don't, if if either of them are out or they're going to miss time, it gets real thin really fast up there. I'm not sure about you guys, but it still catches me off guard when I walk down the water aisle at the grocery store and see these new tall boys that look like beer chilling out in the middle of the bottled water section. Of course, it's not actually beer. It's liquid death a new mountain spring water from the Alps that's available in still, sparkling, and three unique flavors. But why is it called Liquid Death, you may ask? Well, it's because Liquid Death donates 10% of their profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Even better is that the use of their aluminum Tallboy cans is also helpful, as aluminum is infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities. Friends, bottled water has always been boring to me, but there's absolutely nothing boring about Liquid Death. I love the crisp, refreshing pop of the can when I open it, and the water simply tastes better in a can than it does out of a bottle. Add in their three unique flavors. Personally, I love the lime, and the overall experience is infinitely better than any other water product. Plus, it just looks so much cooler holding a tall boy labeled Liquid Death that looks like you're holding a crisp, refreshing beer. So do me a favor and go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee. Or you can find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform 
with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, he's um, he's already moved ahead of Garvin. He's the third. I mean, Enigbari, if, you mean. If, if, if you're going one, two, three, four, it's Gary Smith, Enigbari, Enigbari, and, and then Garvin, Garvin four now. Right. So he's definitely three. Yes, correct. Um, and that was like, he, you know, hey, listen, he was, I saw him a lot in college because South Carolina games are always featured down here, obviously. He's a pass rusher. I mean, yeah, he can. He got pressure at South. You know, playing in the SEC, the best conference in the country, he did okay. I, again, fortunate that he he should not have gone in the fifth round. I mean, he, he, you know, they got a break there. I don't, he should have gone. I don't know. I thought he would go late third, early fourth, and for him to be there in the middle of the fifth was was a pretty or late fifth actually. That was a pretty good a pretty good bargain there, and. And he has flaws to his game. Don't get me wrong; he's not a finished product by any means. But he can—he does have some pass rush ability, and that's all they're asking him to do. From what you know, as right right now. Now, eventually, I think the hope is that you know he'll take over for, for Preston Smith one day. Now, that's not that day's not today. No. <laughs> but you know, he's he's young. He's a young player that you know he yeah he that that he's that was nice seeing him get a sack. The Packers got. I mean, again, I thought the defense. I really thought this. Now, here's what I thought. During the first five games of the season, well, not the first game, but weeks two through five, the Packers played a good half and a bad half, right? Tampa, they had a good first half, bad second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, New England, same way. Bears, good first half, bad second. They had, a, well, they had a bad first half against the Jets, and it was 3-3. And I'm, I'm out watching the game, and, and I said to some, whoever I was talking to, I'm like, they got this. They, that, that was their bad half, and, only, and it's still 3-3. They're going to have a good second half, and they're, and they're going to win this game. Jets get the ball. Defense plays three and out. Packers get it. I'm like, okay, here we go. This is going to, you know, they're going to go down. They're going to do what they got to do. Well, it never happened. They played two bad halves. <laughs> and then the defense kind of, which but had played, like I said, played pretty well for two and a half quarters. And as you pointed out, they started getting pushed around. Now, I think part of that was being on the field a lot. Part of it was, I think, pressing to try to, try to win the game because they saw the offense wasn't going to do anything and special teams hurt them, you know, gave up. This was bad. Right. But my biggest concern with this defense, and I think the biggest problem, and I don't know, you know, I don't know how you fix this other than just make up making a play. They faced, let's go over to quarterback, Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields, Bailey Zappi, Tom Brady, Tom, well, Tom Brady, Tom Brady's Tom Brady, but Bailey Zappi, Daniel Jones, and Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Week. Take Brady out of the mix, and you faced some f- four really young guys, and Kirk Cousins, who prone to prone to make mistakes at times, right? Yeah, slightly above. They average. got one interception, one interception, and they're getting pressure. So they are getting pressure. So what is not the problem? So what is one interception is a problem to me? So what is it? Is it is it the scheme or is it the playmaking? I think it's playmaking when it comes to that. I mean, you got to make a play. I don't, care what kind of, I don't care if you're playing zone man, half man, half zone. Intercept the pass. I mean, break on a ball. Guess right. Do something. Right. One interception in six games against those quarterbacks. Right. I don't know. It's almost like it's. I don't know. It's almost like offenses maybe kind of figured out stay away from or don't give Russell so many easy interceptions. And Eric Stokes has not so far to me. He doesn't look bad, but he definitely doesn't look year two for where where we were hoping he would be in terms of and especially tracking the ball wise at this point of the season. 
Well, that was the, that was his, and I like Erickson, and I, and I like the pick when they made it. His that was the weak. His weakness was he doesn't. He's more of a he'll run with you all day, and you know he'll he'll that's his strength is his speed and being able to you know keep up with guys and do all. But he wasn't. He didn't have great ball skills. That was the rap on him, that, and which is why he went a little lower in the first round than some of the other guys that went ahead of him. He didn't have. You know that was you know he's not going to make a lot of interceptions, but Douglas does, Jair does, you know, Savage and Amos have have made plays in the past. It's time for somebody to start making some plays. I mean, again, and now they're facing another backup quarterback. Although, although, and I love, I don't know who asked the question to Matt Lafleur this week, but he was asked, "Would you rather face Carson Wentz than Taylor Heineke?" And LaFleur's answer was very uh, telling when he said, I'll never answer that question. Right. So, but the, and he can't. He can't say, you know. Yeah, I'd rather say, have the stationary say, guy who makes a ton of mistakes and we can get to easily versus right. the guy who that. runs around. He can say that to his coaches and now, players. You know, remember last year, Heineke uh, kind of got himself because he he should have scored a touchdown, but he, he, he fumbled. He, well, he, I, he had one where he downed himself right before the goal line, and then they didn't get in. I like. I, I think Heineke is a very good backup quarterback. I really do. I think. I don't think. I don't think you want to play him 16, 17 games. I don't think you're going to. You know. But I think he's. You know, for a backup quarterback. I mean, listen. There's. there's there aren't many good backup quarterbacks. So let's be honest. There aren't. There aren't enough good starting quarterbacks in the league anymore. So. Yeah, yeah, I would if 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 I was asked that question because I can't answer it. Yeah, I'd rather if I'm the pack, I'd rather face Carson Wentz because I think he's finished. He's a, he's he makes mistakes. He can't move anymore. He'll makes. I mean, he'll put up you know bogus numbers if you're for fantasy stuff. But he, I mean, you know he he's he's killed them several times this year, and he gets sacked because mm-hmm. said he, he no longer has that. It's a injuries ruined him he tore his knee up the one year and then he hurt his back the next year and he still thinks he can that's the problem mentally i think he still thinks he, he he's what he was and he's not he can't get away from trouble like he used to yep um i think he can so the pressure's got to be there and the pressure could be there because like i said this this redskin offensive line is not the best offensive line in the league by any matter uh, they, they've allowed 23 sacks in 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 six games now, granted, they were all against Wentz. Um, that's still a lot of sacks for yeah. 140 yards of losses, too. So they're not like two yard sacks either. They're 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 giving up they're giving up a lot of yards. That, that's that's minus. Take that. Think about that. That's that's 140 yards that came off of their offense on on sacks. Right. And that's not to mention how many holding penalties they may have as well. But you know, that's that's kind of like a sack, right? Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of ways that you can you could be productive. And so forcing, let's, let's look at that Washington offensive well, line. Enforce, yeah, enforcing some of those, enforcing some of those mistakes. So on the line, I was just looking at it. So on the line, there's a couple familiar names there. Charles Leno Jr. has been in the league forever. He's at left tackle. He's not gonna. He's not scaring anybody. No. Uh, Andrew Norwell at left at left guard. Tyler Larson is the center. Sadiq Charles is the right guard. And I think Charles was a high draft pick recently, wasn't he? Um, I thought, or maybe, maybe I'm I'm misremembering, but it seems like he's he's Fourth young. Pick. He's young, Fourth and then pick out of LSU with a questionable designation um, is the right tackle Sam Cosme, who's uh, yeah. I think it's his second year, second or third year. But I have a backup who's a pretty good guard, Chris Paul. Okay. Oh wait, that's a different sport. That's right. A good guard. He's Chris Paul will guard. be uh, he'll he'll be yeah, he'll be tipping off against the <laughs> Dallas Mavericks. So by the time you're listening to the show, the game will be over with. But uh, yeah, he he'll he'll be tipping off against a different different Chris Paul, right? Different Chris Paul. I'll be watching because okay. you know I'm a Suns fan. So I know. But yeah, I, I mean, that, listen. Yeah, Cosby was a, he's a second round pick out of uh, Texas uh, last year. It's just his second year, right? And he's probably arguably their their best offensive lineman. Yes, the best offensive lineman, and he might not play. Did, did he practice today? I would have to check and see. I don't know if there was a designation on him or not. But because their backup is Cornelius Lucas, he's a veteran. Is in his eighth year, but like you said, he never really made much of him. He's a big boy, six eight, three twenty seven. But I mean, if you're that big and you're still a backup in the league, you're you know, that tells you a little bit, right? Right. No, it does. I guess we talk about the matchups and the players and all that kind of stuff and who's who's where but at this point it almost seems like a much more macro conversation where the packers have just proven that i guess it doesn't matter who the quarterback is or who the offensive line is or who the running back is the packers really struggle 
to consistently stop the run. They play well in stretches, and it's usually the first part of the game, but then there's a quarter or an entire half of the, the second part of the game that they don't play well. And, and that's the that's the problem is is that yes they on on paper they had a good game on Sunday they only gave up 14 points but it, were, it was an entire quarter's worth of of being out there too long not making plays that ultimately helped the Jets pull away I mean the Jets were unfortunately it scored a bunch of points on, on special teams too and we haven't even talked about special teams yet but this is it's just I need to see this defense like play a full game scheme it up right match up right make good decisions don't be be aggressive where they need to be aggressive and for the love of god like you said take the ball away like start taking the ball that's away. what bothers me the most of, of, of everything that we talk about one interception against now you know if they had faced brady josh allen patrick mahomes justin herbert uh joe burrow and well pick another one matthew stafford just for lack of a better mm-hmm. name I'd say, okay, well, they face some pretty good quarterbacks. Those guys don't don't turn the ball over much. No, they faced a guy making it, a fourth-round rookie making his first NFL appearance. You've got to think he's prone to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. They face Daniel Jones, who that's his biggest weakness with the guys is that he throws and he does turn the ball over. Kirk Cousins, that's his weakness. He does turn the ball over. Justin Fields, you know, that, that's the one interception they got was, was Alexander intercepted Fields. And late in the game, it was like the game was over when he made the interception. You know, Wilson, young guy. You know, you got to come up. I remember, again, I hate bringing up Eagle stuff, but that's, you know, that, well, I remember writing a story one time where when Jim Johnson was the Eagles defense coordinator and talked, like, there was, like, I, I did a stat or did a story based off the stat of, like, when he faced a quarterback in his second year, a rookie or a second year quarterback. Like the, their rating was like forty-seven point four or something. He had mm-hmm. they had like, you know, twenty-seven interceptions against them and three touchdowns. It was it was stupid how like how they how they dominated, you know, young quarterbacks. Young quarterbacks didn't beat Jim Johnson's defense back then. So again, I don't know. You asked me earlier, is it scheme or, or play? Is it, it probably it probably is a little bit of both. Maybe you got to come up with things that confuse young quarterbacks, right? I mean, show them one thing and do something else. I don't know. There's there's got to be a way for this team to start getting some turnovers, right? Yeah, and they, they, they and they usually come in bunches. Usually, it takes one game where you get three, and then next week you get two more, and the next week you get three more. And usually, that's in my dealings. That's usually how it happens. You, all of a sudden, it just kind of happens, and it, and it, it gets contagious. And you build. It happened on last it. year. And you, the Packers, the Packers got defense. I mean, they they made they got turnovers last year. And you build on it. Well, it's I'll tell you what they've they're gonna if they're gonna do that they've got a tough task ahead. Now we're looking way ahead here, but after Washington they've got the Sunday night game in Buffalo against Josh Allen, one of those quarterbacks you mentioned, yeah. and the Bills who are very good, arguably the best team in the league right now. They just beat the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. So that it doesn't get this, this it's been said. You know, by the time we go on Thursday, all these things have already been talked about. But this was kind of. The, these last two games were kind of the easier, and yeah. the Patriots were the, was kind of the easiest easier stretch of the. Well, we say that, but the Giants and Jets are a combined nine and three. Maybe they're not as easy as we thought, but right. again, it's not that the, they just played bad in both games. Well, the but records the Giants and Jets are better than people thought. Yeah, the now, records lent some. Yeah, Washington is not better than anybody thought. Actually, they're worse than people thought. Well, part of that is too, and and I mean there isn't there isn't a ton to break, ton more to break down here, Mark. So I'm just I'll ask you. Uh, obviously, I, we it's the Packers defense versus the the Washington offense, and then as far as special teams goes, uh, I, I guess let's do special teams real quick before we go to this this last topic because it's not as much on the field related, but because it's it's gonna we're I'll talk about one of the reasons why I think Washington is not very good this year as well, besides the fact that their players aren't very good and their defensive coordinator is a meathead, but. So, on special teams, Amari Rodgers is still out there returning well, punts. He, he has been doing – he's done punts. I don't know. Keyshawn Nixon brought the last kickoff back. If you trust Nixon with, with kickoffs, I mean, I, I mean, you got to – you know, he's, he's playing a lot of snaps. I guess the thing is, is if, if he's the punt returner, he can't do whatever else he does on punt return that he might be good at. As, is he a blocker? Oh, Probably. 
uh, then then that might be part of the reason why they don't they don't want to just uh, again Amari Rogers is still out there it's just it's really really interesting I, I, I won't say dumb or befuddling because the coaching staff has to know something that I don't like on the offensive side of the ball everybody keeps asking why is Royce Newman out there why is Royce Newman out there well after the grades came out actually if you if you look at it Runyon didn't have a very good game either and Josh Myers had his issues as well and Elton Jacob they like they, the whole offensive line didn't play great. Bakhtiari was okay. So Bakhtiari did. He was okay, and that's encouraging. But it's it's one of those things where it's like, is Basaccia on special teams? I'm, we're seeing a little bit of a regression here, there, or at least if if you don't want to call it that, it's it's very up and down. And I just well, need to see some, game. just need to see some more consistency from them because they're they're capable and able to do it, and it's not like any of these returners that they went up against or the second coming of Devin Hester or, or, or no. David Meggett, like, come on, like get consistent and, and get it done here. Like that, that can't be this, this can't continue to be still better defensive coordinator, different defensive coordinator, different players. All these guys that they brought in have a special teams pedigree. This new guy they just brought in last week, special teamer. Right. And he's the one that blocked the punt. Uh, right. Like Wilson. Yeah. Wilson. Yeah. He's the one that blocked the punt. And and I think then he had a penalty on the on the next um, a, a block in the back as well in the next yeah. uh, one of the future plays too. But this they they've just this can't be the reason why you lose games or your season gets derailed again. Otherwise, it's just it's it's a it's a complete failure. And I talked a, a ton of quick science about the culture and Matt Lafleur and this. I don't like beating my friends, and I know they're this coach speaking. It's just yeah, I can't believe you said that. It's just coach speaking. It's dumb stuff, and it's like does it mean something? Does it not? I don't know. I don't like hearing it. And I do think the team takes on the persona of of your head coach. And then you listen to a guy like Robert Sala, who's very philosophical in the way he thinks of things. But it's like his mentality, he wasn't he wasn't bashing on LaFleur. Maybe he was. I don't know. But his mentality is what you want. It's very thoughtful. It's very purposeful. It's very like, hey, no mercy. You talk about like keeping your foot on the throat or keeping your foot on the gas. That's that's what Sala's teams do, and that's yeah. that's kind of something I'd like to see more of from the from the Packers, and and as but as far as special teams, though, uh, just more. Well, cons- let, let me point out some special team stats for you. Now, Washington special teams have not been good. They're only averaging twenty point nine yards on kickoff returns and five point two on punt returns. So it's, that's not a danger. It shouldn't be. And now they've given up. Now again, kickoffs. Um, we'll see. I'm hoping Hill's back, right? I mean, he did practice last week. He's practicing again this week. Let's get him active, right? He He's not a bad kick returner when he makes the right decision. Well, Washington's allowing get, – get this. I'm reading the stats off, their, off the Washington uh, stat page. 35.7 yards per kickoff return they're allowing. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of yards. Yep. So, hey, you know, maybe you can get it. Maybe you can get a kickoff back to midfield or something, right? And – they're giving up 8.5 on punt returns, which is like, no, that's like not terrible, but it's not great. Um, so there, there's a chance. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's a chance that the special teams might be able to do something this week. You would hope. But the Packers have also had supposed advantages on defense against younger quarterbacks, like you said, and all that kind of stuff. And it's until it's done, it's not done. So right. that's sad. But Washington overall, not a great team. No, right. and we talk, this is a, yeah, no, they're not good. Well, I alluded to it a little bit earlier regarding the owner and all this stuff that's going on. And you covered you covered the Eagles for many years. So as far as the culture and the ownership and, and all this stuff, and there's a lot of things that have come out recently since you stopped. You weren't you're not working for the Eagles or, mm-hmm. or covering the Eagles anymore. But what is your take? on all of this and and how much of a factor is this in how bad Washington is because the culture ain't fixed it's not better and now you've got an owner that's that supposedly is trying to dig up dirt just so he can keep control of the team yeah now I'll say this and I again somebody might tell me I'm wrong and maybe I am but my you asked me right players don't like and coaches and players they don't like distractions they really don't and this is this has to be a a major distraction huge even though players will tell you Oh, we don't read anything. We don't listen. Yes, they do. <laughs> they read. They read. They listen. They watch. And it's in the news every day now. Snyder, this, this, that. It's been a mess in Washington. They, like it's something has to give. And yeah, I mean, yeah, players. They, I mean, again, they're they're. It, it shouldn't. I mean, Snyder's off the field stuff shouldn't affect 
you know, Carson Wentz throwing the ball to Terry McLaren or, or you know, Deron Payne making a play on defense. I mean, there's no direct correlation, but there is in the sense of maybe the team's not practicing right because of all the nonsense going on, right? Maybe Ron Rivera, he's been, he hasn't had a good year. I mean, he, he comes out last week and says, What's the, they ask him what you know? How come you you know the NFCs? What's the difference between your team? He, he comes, he puts it all away the quarterback. Then yeah. he, he tried to talk it back the, the next day, but once it's out there, it's out there. Right. There was no taking that back. The quarterback. That was the um, first word out of his mouth. Yeah, you know, and, he, and listen, he's probably right, but <laughs> coaches don't say that usually, you know. No. Yeah, so they they have a lot. There's just drama. It's a drama. It's just too much drama going on there. You know, I, I don't. I, I never had a situation quite like that with, with what's going on there. But but I had some like there was the the year after the Eagles lost the Super Bowl to New England. It was the whole Terrell Owens nonsense, and that really. I mean, that team just fell apart. They went from the Super Bowl to a losing record, with basically the same cast of characters except Terrell Owens being nuts yeah. that year and just not wanting to be there and. It, and it kind of just stuff like that. It, it can tear a team apart a little bit, and I think that's I think that's part. Because well, I mean, listen, I didn't think Washington was going to go to Super Bowl this year, but I thought they'd be. You know, they had like I said, that that defensive front's pretty good. They have decent receiver. I mean, it, it, they have some. It, they, I didn't think I didn't think they'd be one of the worst teams in the league, and they kind of are. They beat the Bears last week, twelve seven. I mean, that was the that was the most unwatchable game maybe ever. That made that Denver game the week before look good. Right. Well, Washington is I knew they weren't going to be very good this year, but just watching this whole poop storm and it's almost like the Packers are in a vulnerable position right now where I mean, do we say must win? I say. Yes. It I mean, cuz if they yes, lose cuz here's let, let, let me just paint a picture right now, Mark. If they don't win this game, where are you going to be at? Mentally, where are you going to be at on the Packers oh, as far I, as you're... I start, you know what? Then then I'm with you. Don't don't trade for a wide receiver. Don't do don't at the trade deadline. Get rid of some guys. Yeah, trade guys. You're you're wants. you're a seller, not a buyer. Yeah, because if you can't if you can't be what. All right, like I said, Jets and Giants losses, bad losses. They were touchdown favorites, or more than touchdown against the Giants, I think. Um, bad losses, but maybe those teams are better than everybody thinks. I don't. I'll, I'll give that. I, they still should have won both games, but I'll give. No, I know Washington isn't good. I know what Washington's not going to win more than. A handful of games this year. They're, they're, they're going to be picking very high next year. Well, if the Packers lose to them, guess what I'm going to start doing? Looking at next year's draft. Yeah, yeah. And you're not alone. I mean, if they lose to Washington, then who are they going to beat? Yeah, you're you're not you're not alone. And, no, and you're. Buff, I, 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 my God, the Buffalo. If they lose to Washington, that Buffalo game could be really, really. Oh no, that could. I mean, that could be a disaster. Yeah. And then they got some other tough ones too. They got the Eagles. They got the Cowboys. Who am I forgetting? It's pretty good on there on the schedule. Miami's not bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, again, if you lose to Washington, other like I guess you'll you'll beat the Bears again. Yeah, that's um, it's 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 going to get difficult. They've got they've got some tough. I mean, they still play the Vikings in, at Lambeau, again, but right? Minnesota's now fighting to win the division. They're two games up, and they're yeah, they're two games up. Two so and a half, really, because they beat the Packers. You still have to go to Detroit. I don't care how what their record is. It's at Detroit is always a wonky, a tough game for the Packers. You still have to play at Chicago. Oh, they got the Rams. Rams. Yep, they play the Rams. They're at Philly. Yeah. The Eagles. So I mean, they got it. Yes, this is. Yes, this is a must-win game. Must-win game. So I, mean, what, I hate to use that term, but it is because if they lose it, like I said, I'm selling it to deadline. I'm, I'm calling around to see if anybody wants. Yeah. No, it's bad. Robert Tunyon, or I don't know. <laughs> if they lose, if they go to three and four with what the with what they've played so far and what they have coming up, they're not going anywhere this year. I mean, if they win, it doesn't guarantee them they're going anywhere, but at least they'll be four and three. They got to win. You know, you're pointing yourself in the right direction. Right. A loss this week, and like I said, I'm going to – I'll start looking up. You know, I'll start calling my buddy Mel Kuyper and see see what's up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So how is it – how's this one shake out for you? I think they win. I mean, again, I'm – maybe I'm too optimistic. Low-scoring game because I don't don't see the offense putting it all together quite yet. Um, but I don't see Washington scoring a lot of points either. I'm going to go with Green Bay 16, Washington 10. Ugly. One of those, one of those kind of ugly scores. Yeah. And I'm probably wrong. It's probably going to be in the 30s, but <laughs> I'm going to say six. I'm, I'm going to go six. And, and my start of the game, 
let me go with Preston Smith going against his old team for the first time. Yeah. Well, you would think one of those pass rushers should be it because the the Washington offensive line is going to give him opportunities to. And they'll probably double Gary Moore, so yeah, Preston will get the single coverage. So then he gets. So then he gets home. Well, I I have this rule that if the Packers play ugly and lose two in a row, I can't pick them the third week in a row. So no? obviously, I wouldn't Uh-oh. I wouldn't bet this way if I was putting money on the game. But I have to stick with I have to stick with tradition. So, and I'm not trolling here. This is a just, you know, go prove me wrong, but, uh, you know, staying true to form, I got to I gotta go with Washington 21-20. 21-20. Yeah. I mean, it's, what, what, what difference does the score make if the pick is nonsensical? But, right. look, that's that's the way it goes. I, I said I can't pick the Packers after what I have saw these past two weeks. Like, Matt LaFleur, show me that your, your team has some moxie and some metal because I'm not seeing it and I'm not hearing it from you either. And now your quarterback, you and the quarterback are, you know, do you or do you not agree offensively? You can tell me you do on game day, but there's a lot going on behind the scenes. So you got a lot to figure out there. Defensively, take the ball away. Special teams, don't give up points. And then you won't have to worry about us, me making nonsensical picks on the Thursday edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. So I'll say 21-20 Washington, but in my heart, I hope to God and don't think that that's how it's actually going to play out. But I have to stay true to, to – my process. So, right. well, we'll all right. See. We'll, we'll find out. And if you if you're right, I'll you'll be. I, mean, I hope you. I hope you're wrong, but we'll see. Well, you had if you're you, right. You have uh, you you alluded to something interesting coming up at Packer Report. Uh, either the, I think you, that's that's coming up, and then yeah, what's what's coming up soon, and what's up now? Well, the the, the, the analysis is, is up as always after post game analysis. Um, but coming later today, or maybe depending what time you're like you're listening to us. I kind of read. I, I know some people aren't going to like it. Um, I, don't, I don't care, but read it. Um, I go back to this off season and I say, you know, the, the Packers have problems right now, but it all started in in the off season. And my premise is, once they decided to bring Aaron Rodgers back, once that decision was made that he's coming back, and if you remember, we didn't know, right? All off, beginning of off season, is he coming back? Are they trading him? Are he retiring? What's going on? Once they decided to bring him back and pay him that money, they needed to go. They needed to say, okay, we got to win now, right? You got a 38-year-old quarterback. You're not, you're not thinking about the, the future. You got to win now. And they had the ammunition. This goes back to what we were talking about the draft, and that's, that's why I mentioned that A.J. Brown thing to you. They had to, you know, they traded Devontae. Okay, I understood that trade. I actually wrote about it before it happened that, you know, if he doesn't want to be here and he wants to go play with Carr, trade him to the Raiders. They got, they got good – they got quality back. They got a first and a second round pick for – a very good wide receiver, but they got a first and second. They had this was their chance to make a splash in the draft. Two first, two seconds, a third, fourth, everything else. They had a chance to make a splash. They didn't. Their splash was trading both seconds for a guy that's obviously not ready to play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He's not ready. Now, as I say in the story, I'm you know, you know I'm I'm not I'm not I'm the 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 least of a Christian Watson fan. Didn't want him that night. Still don't want him, but he's here. I hope I'm wrong. I keep saying I, I'm dying to write the story that says, man, I was wrong about this guy. He's really good. It ain't going to happen this year. I'm not writing that story this year because he ain't going he's, to – he's nothing. He's, he, he can't stay on the field. And when he's on the field, you wish he wasn't. So instead of – you know, they, they had the opportunity to trade for an A.J. Brown, to trade up and get one of the, the top receivers. To, they had the chance to do a lot of things, and they didn't. And they didn't put it – they didn't go they, – they brought back Rodgers, and they acted like they – Got rid of him, and, and we're and we're going with Jordan Love, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't understand it. Yeah, it's that, that's gonna be interesting. That's gonna be a good read. No, like the, I said, some people weren't going like cause I, I kind of defend Rodgers a little bit. I know, and I, I said, you know, listen, he hasn't played like the MVP, but and people are talking about he can't throw long anymore. I mean, he looked pretty. The, the, the two, the pass to Christian Watson to start the season looked like a pretty good long pass, and the pass to Dobbs in the end zone against New England looked like a pretty good pass. They didn't catch them. Right. They have 12 drops this year. Yeah. Packer receivers. 12 in six games. Yep. That's a lot. And a lot of them came at key times. Third downs, two two touchdowns. So, I mean, yeah, is Rodgers playing great? No. But he's not, you know, take away to add those 12 completions and add those two touchdowns of 75 and 40 yards, those numbers look a lot better. Right. Well, you don't ever not want Rodgers under center, but – he hasn't had the time. The offensive line hasn't really helped out much. You've seen the drops. I talked about that, the growing pains with young players. 
they're going to have those lights or bright moments where they just drop a ball. Unfortunately, some of them have come at critical times and have probably cost the Packers a couple games already. And there's there's going to be well, there's going to be more there's going to be more to come. I mean, there's 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 going to be more of that. And right. then and then the other thing too is is what you said and what my tweet was about earlier this week was it's a philosophical thing. It's it's you committed to Aaron Rodgers. How committed is he and how good can he actually be? There's a lot of things. I mean, Rodgers needs help to be good now. He can't just run and create. I mean, he had a chance to run at one point on, on, on Sunday. Yep. And he could have picked he easily picked up four or five yards. And instead, he throws incomplete to Dobbs, who I think was double covered. Like it was just the most baffling. It was it was the most baffling throw since Brett Favre ended the NFC Championship game for the Vikings in '09. Like just I I, I don't I don't know what. Well, no, what, I still think the one against Tampa Bay two years ago. I think he could have run. I don't know if he would have gotten the end zone, but I think he would have got to the one or two. I thought so too. Watching the replay, I don't think he would have gotten in. But no, but but he that's got to the one or two, and they probably would have. And they, they could have gone for it on fourth instead of kicking the field goal. So much. So many things are different now. So that's there's there's this is going to be. It, it may not be the most fun if the Packers don't win a bunch of games, but it is not going to lack any intrigue because it's just so different from what we're used to. And the Packers have already equaled their loss totals from the past, what, three seasons, except for last year when they lost four games and they played well, they 17. Lost four, the last one they didn't care about. Yeah, exactly. So, I, you know, the chance that them them only losing three games this season is not happening. So it's it's going to be an intriguing season. That'd be nice, but no. Yeah. It's going to be an intriguing season regardless. But thanks, everybody, for listening and following along with the Thursday edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. We will be back again next week as scheduled to break down what happened against Washington, talk about what's coming up against a, with a very tough road game, Sunday Night Football against the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. Hope everybody's having a good week so far. Enjoy your weekend. As always, stay safe wherever you're at, and go Pack Go! Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.